Local radio for Portsmouth. The Express this week live across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. Thanks to your company. Great to have you along. It's our chance to look back what's been going on across the area for the last seven days, of course, amongst all the other doom and gloom. Something positive, which is what we need, I think, uh, generally. And we're talking about Portsmouth Harbour Marine... Uh, a group, if you like, and their skills survey. A bit of positive news. Let's uh, discuss this more uh, with Richard Powell. He joins me on the line now. Richard, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. How are you, right? Oh, good, yeah. Good, yeah. good stuff. Uh, yeah, we need some positivity, Richard. I'm hoping you can bring that to us tonight. <laughs> no, I'm sure I can help out there. Uh, tell us about this skills survey. Well, um, first of all, Portsmouth Hot Marines, a community interest company, which is uh, there to created to promote and sustain the marine sector in Portsmouth Harbour. And it's been going for a couple of years, um, and it grew from the uh, Gosport Marine scene. Uh, and as part of our work, we uh, look to work with schools and colleges to promote work readiness, and we look to improve uh, marine career awareness, as well as promoting Portsmouth Harbour. And we decided that we, uh, we would um, do a skills survey to understand what the job requirement was in the Portsmouth Harbour area. That includes Gosport and, uh, and Ferrum. And it came up with some very interesting results, which we think are quite important for the, um, uh, the local area. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, 75 of the respondents that took part in this particular survey, the skills data survey, if you like, uh, were, were concerned about ageing workforce. That's quite interesting. Oh, it is indeed. I mean, the result... we basically consulted a lot of companies in the, the, the Portsmouth Harbour area and asked them what their views were on skills and the, the future and what their requirements were going to be and what the concerns were. And we came together with a sort of uh, an analysis. And we think it's really important to share this information, so it's available on our website. Um, and next week we're going to have a first round networking events where we're going to invite people to come and discuss the, uh, the results of the survey. And most importantly, what are we going to do about it? And we've got a few ideas about that. Okay, so people, is there a chance to really get involved in this then? Indeed. And if they, all they have to do is go onto the uh, Portsmouth Hub Marine website, the, uh, at portsmouthhubmarine.org.uk, or just Google it, and you'll see a link there to the survey, and it takes place next Thursday, uh, yeah. the 18th, yeah. at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And they're all are welcome. It'll be, I'll be chairing it, but we'll somehow have some of the team from Portsmouth Hub Marine involved. And this is quite important because we've had a lot of sort of MOD sort of type jobs lost over the years, uh, and sort of Portsmouth and Gospel have taken a bit of a hammering in this, haven't they? Uh, they have indeed. And, and these are real issues, um, but I think there's, we need to resolve them at local issues as well as from central government. But I'm very positive about the marine sector. I think the, uh, the work that was established in the National Shipbuilding Strategy and all the Prime Minister's focus on the marine sector, because it's an incredible part of our economy. It's, it's not a well-known fact, but the marine sector in its entirety is bigger than the car and aviation industry in the UK combined. Yeah. And do you think perhaps, you know, the success of Sir Ben Ainsley, of course, over there, at, uh, over at this side of the water, Old Portsmouth, has things like that helped, do you think? I think it gives a bit of a focus. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's going to win. Um, it'd be great to see them bringing the, the America's Cup back to the <laughs> UK. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it's like it, he's going to win. I'm sure. Um, and it just raises the profile and raises yeah. awareness because it's an incredible um, domain to be involved in. I've been involved with the sea all my professional career, um, and all my hobbies are involved around the sea. So it's a great environment. It certainly set the scene, hasn't it? I think. And as you say, sort of uh, profiled this particular area, the waterfront, uh, way up there, hasn't it? 
It has. And, and Portsmouth as Harbour has got so much to offer. It's got a great history, but it's also got great businesses in the Gosport and Portsmouth yeah. uh, areas. Um, but there are real challenges there, which we've got to get into. Um, and we can't rest on our laurels. There's an opportunity being presented to us, mm. but we've got to do something about it. And I think COVID has just increased the, um, the importance of this work. What do you think will be in five years' time? And where would you like to see things in terms of what you're trying to do here? I'd like to see a, a, a shift away from the, the historical jobs in the Portsmouth and Gosport areas to a future based around the marine environment uh, with a really vibrant uh, industries that support the marine leisure sector and other industries in the Portsmouth area. I mean, we're getting there, aren't we? Because I think uh, Fort Blockhouse is due to close. I think it's this year, isn't it? So there'd be oh, more release sure of land, wouldn't there? Indeed. But we want to make sure that that land is used properly mm. um, and, and generates jobs and creates activity, particularly for the, the youngsters in, in the area. Really, really important. And just giving them an awareness of what a, uh, a career on, in the marine environment could offer, because there's a huge variety there. OK. Richard, look, it's good to talk to you. Again, if people want to get involved in this, how can they do that? Again, go and look at the website, portsmouthharbourmarine.org.uk. Lots of details on, on the website and all the points of contact. Fantastic. Richard Power, I'm grateful for you to come on tonight. We'll keep in touch. Always nice to come back to you and have a further chat. But uh, for now, thanks for being with us tonight. Chris, it was a real pleasure joining you this evening. You Thank take you. care. Cheers, Richard. Bye-bye now. Bye. Uh, Richard Powell there from the uh, Portland Harbour Marine uh, and uh, organisation. If you want to find out more about that skill survey, as Richard said, then do jump online and find out how you can get involved in that. Express this week. Yeah, busy old show tonight. Lots of going on. Right across the area. Thanks to your company tonight. In Emsworth. Hello to you in Hayling Islands, Waterlooville, Lee Park, Hammonds, right across Portsmouth, right across Fairham and Gosport. Hello to you. We'll be happy to be tonight. Great to have you along. Uh, let's talk uh, climate change. That's um, certainly still with us and certainly uh, still in the headlines, and particularly uh, for Fairham residents, with a Solar Together scheme being launched. To discuss more about this from Fairham Borough Council uh, is Kaza Simon Martin. He's on the line with us now. Simon, good evening to you. Yeah, good evening. How are you? Uh, all right. How are you? How's yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank good you. stuff. Good stuff. Keeping safe and all that, I hope. Uh, yeah. Simon, yeah, I mean, tell us about this Solar Together scheme. Yeah, OK. Well, this is uh, a, a scheme that's been going on elsewhere in the country for about five or six years. And it's an initiative really to promote solar schemes in a, a more sensible way, a more cost effective way. Um, the uh, the company that we're using um, has got a number of schemes across the UK. Uh, they've had over uh, 27,000 people register their interest. They've introduced 29,000, 30,000 uh, solar panels all over the UK. And on average, they're finding 20 to 35% savings against uh, um, other uh, ways in which you may install solar uh, solar panels in your house. So what we wanted to do is to try and promote this initiative, make people aware of it, uh, may do it in a safe environment where there is uh, clear information on the cost-benefits, clear information, uh, proven quality installation for suppliers and guarantees on the installation that's made. And so it's all going to be a contribution. We all have to make our contributions to try and get down to a net zero position. And so this is one of the initiatives that we're uh, trying to implement in Fairham. How's take-up been so far? 
Uh, we only did the press release this week, so the, okay. the initial uh, promotion is starting this week, uh, appearing on your show tonight and uh, yeah. in the uh, the local papers. So too early uh, to say at this stage, but you know we're we're hopeful uh, that it will move forward. We're hopeful that it will gather interest. Um, there are a lot of. Um, uh, residents that have got solar panels uh, in the houses already mm. and we hope that this will encourage more people to say well this is something that we could do and explore the uh, the, the cost of it in a bit more detail in a in a secure sort of uh, process yes yeah it's quite important isn't it and do you think you know b- um, more people will jump on boards with this because of the issues surrounding climate change and, and you just say doing our bit well, I, I very much hope that people will do that um, and, and say we're doing our bit because, you know, we're, it, everybody else could say, well, we don't make a difference. Well, if everybody thought that, then nobody would make a difference at all. So uh, we have got that responsibility to, to do our bit. Uh, but, you know, on top of that, it is making uh, savings against the installation, uh, cheaper installation costs. You will produce lower, uh, have lower electricity bills, which is important. Uh, the panels that are put in would be guaranteed for more like 20, 15 to 20, possibly 25 years. So you know that you've got this long-term investment that is going to benefit you as well. So yes, it's going to be a benefit for the climate, uh, but it's also going to be a benefit, benefit for you individually if you go down this particular route. Yeah. Uh, and why in particular I choose? What, what was the reason behind that? Why, you know, why support that? Uh, mainly that they are a group that uh, has got experience of funding solar schemes. Mm. They've got nine uh, schemes across the UK. They've been, they started off in Norfolk back in 2015. Uh, they've worked and are working in Suffolk and Kent, Greater Manchester. I think there's a couple of authorities in London and also Cambridgeshire and Devon. So they do have a track record of delivery. So we're, what we wanted to do is to try and go down uh, a scheme which has got some uh, proven you know, uh, ability to, uh, to actually deliver uh, and that we would have confidence would be able to help the residents of Farum. Yeah. Uh, and what, in terms of planning, what, where does it sit with, with planning regulations and things like that? Um, most uh, solar panel uh, uh, solar panels are not do not require planning permission, right. but we would always make sure that that has to happen. Uh, and I think the, the the thing that happens is that if you are interested, you are uh, registered. You register online with the group, and then they will help to to provide that information. Uh, you will provide certain information to them in relation to your property, the location, the size. Uh, the, whether it's sort of north-facing, south-facing, uh, and all that information can then come through. Um, and again, when they go through this sort of scheme of, of going for an auction to, to identify uh, a, a supplier that can provide the best value and the lowest price uh, and the highest quality, um, if that doesn't then commit you. You still have a period of time to commit, so you don't have to... Uh, just say yes, I register, and then you're committed. There, you know, thereafter, you uh, do have time for for that reconsideration to make sure it's satisfactory and it's useful for you. Yeah, and do you think local councils will be looking to you to see what you know, the scheme or how it fares with with Fair and Borough Council residents before perhaps you know taking initiative themselves? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, this is all about uh, us trying to do something for Fairham. If it's working, I'm sure there will be interest in uh, speaking to our climate change officer. That's uh, 
been involved in this and you know we're happy to to share whatever information because mm. you know it's all part of a, a wider scheme and the more people that we can get to uh, uh, to think more about the climate and actually uh, harness the use of the the solar power that we've got then the better that's going to be for all of us oh certainly is uh sounds like exciting stuff and again if people want to find more about this uh, simon how can they do that how can they go about it uh, if they just uh, speak to uh, Fair and Borough Council uh, and try and uh, get some uh, more inform- uh, from information from them, um, there is also a website that has been set up, which is www.solartogether.co.uk forward slash Fairham. And uh, that takes you onto the site to enable you to, uh, to get more information. And you can then get in touch with the Solar Together help desk as a result of that. Fantastic. All sounds like exciting stuff and fingers crossed that uh, it's a success. I'm sure it will because, you know, climate change is quite an important issue around here, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, we as a council have made a commitment to uh, to, to go net zero by 2030 uh, as far as our council operations are concerned. Uh, but we're doing more than that. We're, we're always looking to go out into the community. We've got a greening campaign uh, set up which is going to be starting later on in the year where we're going to be trying to work with community groups and residents to find more about how they can uh, make a contribution to uh, uh, to helping with the climate as well again as saving them money so there's always something in it for, uh, uh, for for individuals as well but this is something that's very close to my heart it's very important for Fairham uh, and it builds on the work that we've been doing. We went sort of uh, single-use plastic-free back in April 2020. Uh, we're making the commitment to moving forward in relation to the climate change now. Uh, and so this is just another part of uh, how we want to move forward as an authority. Fantastic. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be a success, which I'm sure it will be uh, as time goes on. Uh, Simon, thanks for coming on. Good to talk to you. And uh, regards to you, keep safe. Lovely to talk yeah. to you. We'll get you on again, I'm sure. Great. But, uh, for now. I'm thanks more for coming than happy on. happy to do so. Bless thanks you. Have a Thank- good evening. And you, Thank look you. after yourself. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye Bye bye now. Councillor Simon Martin here from Fairham Borough Council on that Solar Together scheme launched in Fairham for Fairham residents. Yeah, 17 minutes from 8. Thursday night, Sunday nights, we're doing this 7 until 9 o'clock express this week. Look back to what's been going on uh, across our patch of Portsmouth and South East Hampshire for the last seven days. Quite a lot going on this week. Lots of squeezing before 9 o'clock tonight. And certainly uh, we're talking, of course, uh, keeping it in uh, connect. Keeping people connected, rather, and uh, certainly often the, the uh, chance uh, for children and young people to keep connected during lockdown. Uh, tough times out there, of course. Uh, to chat more about this from uh, Solent Mind uh, is Abby Oakley. She's on the line with us now. Abby, good evening to you. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Very excited about being on your show. <laughs> uh, you're about the only person I think has said that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, it's lovely to have you on. Now, um, we'll chat more in a moment about what you told me off air, but uh, let's let's stay with Silent Mind for the moment, because uh, this is quite important, particularly at these times, because it's, 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 let's be honest, it's awful times, isn't it? It is very hard, and especially for young people um, in lockdown. It's been difficult for everybody, but I think, especially um, now in this day and age, there's lots of isolation for young people. There's lots of issues um, around loneliness um, and also family relationships and issues and pressures. So we at Solent Mind uh, want to help young people and also help families and parents alike. So... um, 
we've got lots and lots of different services. Would you like me to tell you about Yeah, them? please do. Yeah, because it, there's all sorts, isn't it? Yes, there is. And if anyone wants to have a look at our website, we're a really big charity in Southampton. We cover Hampshire and the Isle of Wight. And our mission statement is to help anybody experiencing a mental health problem get both support and respect. I um, am a member of staff and I have bipolar and solar mind to save my life. So they're absolutely amazing. If anyone wants to get in contact and have a look, it's www solentmind.org.uk and on there and on there we've got well-being booklets Mm. we've got lots of advertisements for support lines there's one we have from 8am to 8pm on weekdays and 9am to 5pm on weekends and that's for anyone Hampshire and the Isle of Wight who feel anxious or worried about lockdown or worried about their families or their mental health uh, and that number is 02380 179049. And also, we offer loads and loads of support on that hotline. And we have a wellbeing app. So there's lots of information there. It's a bit overload, but there's lots of information there for people to get in contact with us. That's fantastic. Now, uh, you mentioned there bipolar yourself. Um, yes. That must have been quite a, I guess, a big thing for you to sort of put your hand up and, and recognise that, was it? It was about 12 years ago when yeah. I was diagnosed with bipolar and I went to Solent Mind for some support mm-hmm. and it was hard, very, very hard at the time. But Solent Mind, and I will say this to you and to you listeners out there, Solent Mind saved my life. Reaching out and mm. talking about my emotions and my feelings really helped. And I was a young person at the time. And now I educate young people and children because I, I didn't have any education at school and college. Mm. And I now know that if I did have support, I wouldn't have been as ill as I got. So that's why we're very, very passionate, as it was Child Mental Health Awareness Week last week. We're very passionate about helping young people and children. And that's my job. And I take it very, very, very highly, high Mm. regard um, to help children and young people. Well, you sound passionate about it anyway, uh, throughout what you do here. Um, But that is a big thing to, to, to... put your hand up and recognize something like that I mean, I, and yeah. again f- for anyone else listening tonight i mean what's what's the telltale signs is it is, you know how did you realize you had it um so it was just um i deteriorated in my health mm. um it was i wasn't really socializing with people okay. there's lots of different signs for example with anxiety i wasn't seeing people going out i found uh phone conversations hard i wouldn't open my post there's loads of different things that is around your mental health but one thing to be aware of Mm. is that everybody's mental health is different okay so if you have a friend with depression and you think i'm not depressed my friend suffers with it like this this and this that might not be the case for you so it's about thinking about yourself and if you feel out of sorts and you think hang on a minute have i eaten well have i drank enough have I made sure okay. I'm looking after myself? So it's it's a lot of things around there. But if they are struggling, then please reach out to us. Yeah. Well, look, give us some top tips because, you know, we need to survive this. I mean, hopefully we'll come in, you know, light at the end of the tunnels, get in a little bit nearer with vaccines and yeah. things like that. And what are some top tips to, to keep ourselves, not sane, but, you know, to keep us jolly and positive? I think it's the positive. Yeah, people. of course. I think keeping the channels of um, communication open. So Keep we talking. have 
Every, <laughs> everyone talks about Zoom yeah. quizzes and all of that kind of stuff. Now, I know we've Zoomed out mainly, but trying to have that conversation with someone, just a phone call, how you doing, how you getting on, it might be an email, it could, it could be anything, but please stay connected. Also, having fun as a family. Now, I know it's difficult at the moment, everyone's at home, but also trying to have a time away from studies, away from work, you know, cooking as a family in the kitchen, watching your favourite film, and there's so many ways of escapism. But one thing I will mention, if you are a parent or a caregiver and you're struggling looking after them but also with your own mental health, take some time out for yourself. It's okay to accept I'm struggling here. Mm. Go upstairs in the bedroom, have a five-minute body scan where you tense and relax your muscles and just relax, even if it's for just 10 minutes. Have a nice bath, have a lovely warm shower, read a book. If you can look after yourself, then you're more than able to look after everybody else. Mm. And that's one thing I'm adamant about. So, yeah, and having those conversations are really important. And if you, there's another thing as well, that you, it's good to make time for social activities as well. And going out for your daily walk is paramount. Getting outside, getting some vitamin D, being in the sunlight is something that we definitely recommend. Exercise is just so powerful for your mental health. It's all it's things we take for granted, isn't it? Really, we don't really stop and think about you know uh, those sorts of things. When you break it down like that, you're thinking, "Crikey, yeah, <laughs> you can relate to it." Yeah, and I think I'm a really good spokesperson for this because I have bipolar. Mm, I'm not just absolutely. saying it because I'm reading a textbook, and yeah. it's so valuable to hear it from the horse's mouth. But yes, I have bipolar, but I have a full time job. I'm successful in what I do. I I do lots of lovely things in my life, which I'm really proud of, and I'm well. Yes. So if I can keep my, my mental health at bay and keep and stay well, then anyone else can. Yeah, because it is tough out there. And uh, sometimes you, you have got to sort of be a little bit selfish, haven't you, I think? I think you need to be aware of signs and need to be aware of who you are as a person. Yes. And if that's a little bit of selfishness, then that's fine because you need to look after number one. You have to make sure you're okay. Mm. And then, as I said, you can look after everybody else. As long as you've got 10 minutes of time to yourself, that is, or go to bed a little bit earlier and read a book or watch your favourite TV programme mm. or all, all those kind of things. But there's a really, really good app, actually, called Headspace, and uh, that's really good for relaxation and it's good meditation as well. So yeah. those kind of things are really useful. And I think what's important is this can affect any age, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Young, it can affect old. anybody. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Sorry, go on, Abby. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it, it, yes, it can affect anyone. So it's important to be aware of that. And it, it can affect younger children in lots of different ways. Anxiety is quite prevalent in young children, um, especially like primary school age. They say they get butterflies in their stomach. And that's quite hard sometimes to understand. And then you have, if that isn't addressed and, and you, you're not kind of getting that support and for it, then it can escalate um, and, and the young person can feel, you know, not great in themselves. So it's about being aware of the signs and trying to support them in the best way that you can. Um, and, and then it can escalate um, in young people but for me I didn't know and then I found out when I was 24 
I was diagnosed with bipolar at 24. But then you have people that are being diagnosed with dementia from 50 and above. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, mental health, as I say, can affect anybody. And it's just being aware of that. And one piece of advice I'd give anybody is to be kind. You do not know what is going on in someone's mind. Mental health, you cannot see it. It's psychological. So literally, just take a step back, think, how would that person think? What can I do to help that person? Can I just say, are you okay? Do you want five minutes to have a chat? And when we are out of lockdown, if you haven't heard from a friend for a while, ring them up and say, let's go for a walk. Instead of having that face-to-face, people find that quite difficult. Going for a walk side by side, looking at the trees and the sunlight or the beach and having that conversation, it sometimes is a lot easier for someone to talk about how they're feeling. I think you've summed it up really, Abby. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I think you, you have. You put it into perspective, and that, that's a good you know, way to sort of think about things, isn't it? Uh, and which is great. And uh, thankfully, that you, you, you know, you've got first-hand experience of this. And again, if people do want to find out more information about the things that you've been talking about tonight, Abby, yeah. they can go on the website and find the information out. Yeah. Yep. And that's www.solentmind.org.uk, and it's a great website. There's everything on there that you can have a look at. That's fantastic. Now, um, a little bird, well, in fact, you told me off air that um, actually you do something very similar to what I'm doing here tonight. Oh, no. Yes, I do. Um, I I do hospital radio. You see? Uh, in Southampton. Oh, down the road. We don't mind Southampton people. There might be a few people to be a bit <laughs> upset, but I, I know a few people down there at Southampton. Certainly Southampton Hospital Radio. I know a few people there, so give them my regards too. Um, I will do. We, we, please do pass them on, but uh, it's great to, to have you on tonight, Abby. And that's how you can relax. You can sit in the radio studio look and forget all your woes, can't you? And also, the one thing I say is you're giving back. You're giving back to community. You're giving back to people in the hospital where you're there to help them. So I love it. Absolutely love it. You see, I sit in here and talk to people like good people like yourself, and then I can play a bit of music and just turn the speaker up, and there's no one else here to bother me. <laughs> which is rather nice, which is rather great. Fantastic. And you're, you're reaching out to everybody out there, which um, is amazing. There you go. You see, that's the way to look at it, Abby. Fantastic. Well, look, keep up the good work. Thanks for coming on tonight. It's good to talk to you. And again, Silent Mind is the place to go and uh, find out all the info there uh, and how to keep, keep safe. Uh, mentally uh, and that kind of thing Abby uh, take care good to talk to you stay in touch won't you nice to come back to you alright of course love to thank All you right. very much stay on the line there I'll have a, a quick catch up with you off, off air but uh, thanks for coming on tonight cheers Abby thank you that's Abby Oakley there from Silent Mind and do want to find out more information about that silentmind.org is the address to go to to find out all the info and we're talking about uh, one, yeah, National Pensioners Convention and the connections for all digital inclusion for the for the elderly, for the older people. And to, to discuss more about this is Jan Short. Jan's on line with us now. Jan, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. How are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, good thank stuff, you. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you for holding on there. It was a bit quick, I know. <laughs> oh, I, I had to go downstairs and make a drink. I thought, quick, get a drink. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, Jan, we tell us about this. Now, the, what you're basically saying here, or certainly the National Pensioners Convention is saying, um, that the summit that you had uh, is calling for free broadband to, to end digital poverty and isolation among, among older people. That's quite an issue, isn't it? It is. Um I mean, it's not just us. Uh, there were a lot of uh, very, very um, well-informed speakers on our webinar. 
um, you know, the Commissioner for Older People for Wales, um, the Good Things Foundation, and um, a thing called um, Citizens Online. Um, and all of them have agreed with us that actually being digitally connected is a human right. So if you look at the Human Rights Act, it gives you the right to information. Yeah? And a lot of information now is only stored online and is only accessible online. Yeah? Yep. Like you have to pay, you have to pay, you know, claim for your benefits online, you have to claim uh, all kinds of things online. Mm. Um, even GPs are online. Uh, some GPs, after we made a, a real concerted effort with. Um, you know, the Royal College of GPs um, and NHS England have set up some phone lines, but the phone lines cost anywhere between 20 and 50p a minute, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you can get access by phone, but if you're not, you know, if you're on a fixed income, you have to be careful how many queues you, you join, you know. Yes. Um, and it is an issue. It's a big issue. Health is an issue for us. It's a worry. That you know, sometimes you can only uh, get an appointment at a hospital online. You can only do certain things online. There, there is a right to information in all forms. You know, whether that's by telephone, by letter, online, or in person. Um, and I think what COVID has done, this pandemic, has really highlighted how older people have been left behind. Mm. And it is, it's worrying, isn't it, really? Because obviously things are moving on, and as you say, they're getting sort of left behind and out of it. Uh, so what you're saying is the idea behind all this is, is free broadband. Yeah, I mean, we've got a situation now yeah. where over 75s that are not on pension credit have to pay for their TV licence. Yeah? Yep. Um, we're still running our campaign for the government to take back their responsibility for that. It, you know, social welfare is not the remit of the BBC, it's the remit of the government of the day. And they very nicely dumped it on the BBC, who then, you know, for whatever reason decided it should be means-tested. Um, and that means-tested has opened up a huge gap between those on pension credit and those just above pension credit. So we have people just above pension credit who can't afford to buy a TV licence, let alone go on broadband. And those that are buying their TV licences are saying, well, I can't afford both. Yeah? Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, it's not just about older people. Let, let's be clear here. Because there, there's there quite are, a lot of other people too, isn't there, in this situation? Yeah, there are families on low income. You know, who have to budget every week. You know, they'll have different jars or different envelopes or different purses to put their money in for, for their bills and for food. Uh, and they can't get online either. Uh, and I think, you know, what we're saying is you've mucked up the TV licence for over 75s. So, like, in a way, because they're excluded, why can't... Uh, that be replaced by <clears throat> a free online, uh, you know, broadband and free equipment and free online training so people can, older people can get to it. But we're also saying we need, you know, what we call a, a social, yeah, 
so we would, you know, older people would get it free over 75, mm. but have a, a social rate for those people on low income. So we're not just looking at older people per se. It's about how people who are not online, mm. whatever that reason, yeah, whether it's cost, fear, um, you know, all of the stuff that came out about safety online where we're saying that, you know, safety provi- you know, providers of internet, uh, you know, companies and all of that need to do an awful lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of safety and scams. Yes. There's all kinds of reasons why people don't go online. Yes, and I and guess some that's, of them never will. No, yeah? and, and that's one of the reasons I guess behind it. Certainly, the over seventies who are a little bit reluctant to 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 go digital. Well, they are because you know. I mean, I know when I first. I mean, I started computer work um, when I was working, and mm. the internet there was you know secure as anything. But when you get the internet at home. The minute you open up your internet, you get bombarded with all these adverts and get this for free and get that for free. People get fed up of it, mm. you know. So we we are looking at a huge amount of people over 75. I mean, it, it, we have our own digital working party, which is the, the launch that we did on the 1st of February to start that campaign on their behalf. And they're research that the older a person is, less likely they are to be connected to the internet. So we need to change that, don't we? We do, and we also need to say to businesses, what suits you doesn't suit your customers. Yeah. Now, public bodies have to do an impact assessment, a quality impact assessment, every time that they think about a new service or taking a, a service away. But ordinary, you know, businesses, utility companies, they don't have to do that. And what we're saying is you need to make sure, right? And there is, it's there, you know, under the Goods and Services Act, yes. where you must provide your services equally across the board to everyone. And you're not providing it to people who can't get online. So what we're saying is, yeah, go online if you must. But you must also, right, because of the right to information, the right to access information, you must also have alongside it either paper, telephone, contact, however, you know, non-digital contact for people. And if people want to find out more about this, Jan, uh, how can they do that? How can they go about it? Um, I think what we'll do, I mean, we are um, looking at, I'm currently putting together a letter to the Prime Minister and to uh, Oliver Dowden, who, you know, yes. uh, is the minister. And, uh, it's a digital uh, DCMS, you know, yes. department for uh, culture, media and sport, which has within it the digital uh, thing about isolation and loneliness. And I think this is the other thing. Mm. Uh, it is about isolation and loneliness. You know, some of our uh, members who, who can't afford to pay for their TV have lost their TV. They might still have their radio where they can afford to get, a, you know, pay for a radio. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people now excluded, isolated and lonely, no access to information at all. Now, 
There are some things that we're going to be doing. We're going to be writing that letter and saying, no, start talking to us about it. But if you're in England, uh, there are two organisations that we talked about, which is the Good Things Foundation, yeah, um, and Citizens Online, yeah. Now, I don't have their contact details at hand, but I will email you them, Chris, yeah? Yeah, okay. And no if, you want, if you want to publicise them over the air, you know, sometime next week, and, and encourage people to get in touch with them. Um, and this is not about forcing people to do anything they don't want to do. It's just asking the question. I mean, Good Things Foundation and uh, Citizens Online have locally-based community functions where people can um, talk to uh, people online, ask questions, get some help, get some encouragement. And these two organisations do know that it takes patience and time, particularly with older people um, and those with a disability. I mean, if you look at those with hearing impairments or, you know, sight impairments, how do they access information? Very true. Yeah? Yeah, very true. So uh, those two organisations, I will get you that information. I'll Bless note you. to you tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll... Um, and you can, you know, please feel free to share that, whichever accesses you've got, and encourage people to at least make the phone call, make the contact, and oh, see what happens Absolutely, and be included But we'll keep this. you up to date with... Please um, do, because... You know, how we do with the Yes, please, because it's always nice to come back to you. Yeah, because it's very important yeah, um, that everyone's included. I think it's really so important, and like I say, it's not just about older people. No. It is about um, the younger generation who have disabilities. Yes. It's about um, families with on very low income, yeah, um, and steadily they are being, you know, completely excluded. And you, you talk about democracy, yeah? Um, and, you know, the census this year is going to be online. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I said, well, hang on a minute. You know, you need to put some other things in. Oh, well, we're going to have a telephone number uh, and you can have a, you know, a chat function online not quite the same um, though is it <laughs> but it's no they'll all be busy you yeah. know try getting through to them on on the day on the day that you're supposed to be wherever you are on yes. the 21st of march so now if you've not registered and done your census online you know on the 21st of march then someone will turn up at your front door and do it for and you and fill in and fill in a paper yeah survey right and we're told it's going to be really safely done. So if they turn up at my door and it's minus two, <laughs> as it is now, actually yes. creeping up to minus four in Newcastle, um, am I going to be standing at the front door filling in a paper form? No. No, not right? exactly. So therefore, you look at that and think, well, kind of what data will, will they actually have at the end of this and how long will it take to put that data, you know, together so that's just one instance and then you talk about you know voting online Anything. you know you talk about democracy and people participating to a lot of people they want to know and the way that they know their vote is safely counted is that they go down to the polling station with their card yeah 
they get crossed off the list, they get their paper, they put their cross against the person they want to vote for, they fold it up and they put it in a ballot box that is locked. Yeah? And that's the way that they have always done it, and that's the way they trust. Um, So there's all kinds of really, really, really big issues that I don't think the government or business um, have even thought about or even cared to think about uh, for those that are not au fait with technology and for those that's greatest fear is that they're going to make a mistake yeah. and, and it's going to cost them a lot of money. And it, it has happened. Yeah. It has happened. Jan. So, yeah, let's keep talking. We Chris will. And, we'll um, keep talking. You know, we will keep talking, and uh, yeah, it, thank you. And it's always nice to come back to you and, and have a chat about this. But uh, we'll get yeah, the details. Yeah, um, we'll come back to you on this because uh, yeah, there's plenty lovely, more to talk you. about. Oh, Joe, sorry, yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate your call. It's thank a pleasure, my darling. You keep safe, keep warm, yeah, and you, uh, you look after yourself. And we'll talk soon, Jan Short. Thanks do. for coming on tonight. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm a lovely. Thank you. You bye take bye. care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Jan Short, their lovely lady from the National Pensioners Convention. We'll find out more about that, of course. You can go onto their website, mpcuk. Org is the website address. Oh, plenty to squeeze before nine. Whew. Lots to get through. Can I say hi to Maureen? She's in Waterlooville tonight. At Maureen, thank you for your birthday wishes. Most appreciated. Thank you much indeed. Dave's online with us uh, at expressfm.com. In to you, Dave, as well. Jerry's in Pure Common this evening as well. So hi to you. Thanks for being with us here on Express this week's what we do every Thursday and Sunday night uh, from 7 till to 9 o'clock. We look back to what's been going on across the area and no exception this week, of course, was uh, uh, this from the Hampshire Archives Trust. Always nice to talk historical things. Um, from the organisation, David Livermore is on the line with us now. David, good evening to you. Good evening. How are you, right? I'm fine, thanks, Chris. Good stuff. Yep. Good stuff, what I'd like to hear. Um, yeah, the Hampshire Archives Trust. Um, I came across you, I think it was the Hampshire Live website somewhere, I seem to yeah. recall. Um, and uh, what I didn't know, you existed. Is that a sort of a common problem you have? or? Uh, well, yes, in a way, because we were founded actually 35 years ago. But it was uh, founded initially really as a, a passive organisation to uh, assist Hampshire County Council uh, by accepting voluntary aid and uh, legacies uh, to support their work with, uh, with historic sites throughout Hampshire. Um, what has happened, really, the last uh, three, four years, of course, uh, local governments have kind of come under immense uh, financial pressures, as you well know. And uh, we've decided as a board that we're going to be proactive and go out and uh, raise the money ourselves. Uh, raise the number of members and really contribute to the support and promotion of Hampshire's incredible archive heritage. It is, isn't it? It's remarkable. Uh, very diverse county anyway, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, and, and that's one of its great, its great strengths. Uh, I, I think the combination of uh, the more rural Hampshire County Council, um, the splendid city of Winchester, but the great ports of uh, Portsmouth, and should I say, on your programme. Absolutely. <laughs> really, both cities have fantastic histories. They do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something we should be proud of and should promote. We should indeed. Do you work much with the, the record office? Because that's something a little bit different to, to what you do, isn't it? 
Well, in fact, we've been very closely tied. This is the Hampshire Records office beside Winchester yeah. Station. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure many people have wondered what that building is, but it, it's probably one of the best it record ar- archival stores in the country. Yeah, I've been uh, in there. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, yeah, Wessex Films and Sound Archives in there too, in case you're interested. Another good uh, piece of history. Uh, it's, it's just marvellous, isn't it? Yes, but we also work closely with Portsmouth History Centre and with, uh, I say it quietly, Southampton Archives. So, you know, all three together have probably the best collection of historic records in the whole of the United Kingdom. It it really is amazingly rich. It is. Uh, Now, your website is quite a detailed website as well, which is uh, quite nice, and all sorts of different things on it, yeah? Yes. Well, we set that up when we decided to go proactive, um, and we're very proud of it. Um, It will continue to grow. It's only... Uh, well, just over two years old now, um, but uh, I, I think it, it really does give a very comprehensive service and will continue growing. We hope one day it will be the centre of a, a network uh, for all uh, Hampshire's uh, history societies. There are, well, I think, about 108 history societies that I'm aware of throughout Hampshire, and we would like ourselves to be a, you know, a network hub for them so that Anyone who's got an event, anyone who wants to raise money or whatever, can use our website as a as a sort of uh, a clearing desk for everything. Yeah, and it's tremendous. I'm just looking at it now as we're talking here, uh, and there's all sorts of things on there, uh, and you've got obviously an introduction to, to to basically what you do. Well, hopefully, do I do you want me to repeat that? I, as as you're looking at it, well, yes, and I mean, and your listeners are. Um, well, in, in fact, I, the whole purpose is to support and promote uh, our uh, archival history. And it's worth just saying just the words about archives themselves, because um, it's not a word that sort of springs to mind as a, an terribly exciting subject. But that's, effectively, it covers ev- all the tangible evidence yes. of history. Yes. It's letters, it's local histories, it's records, school records, uh, jury records. It's uh, uh, diaries, it's, and of course, more recently, it's, it's videos, uh, films, uh, uh, and of course, more recently, uh, uh, well, obviously sound, but also uh, emails and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it, it's a total, tangible record of the history of our county. And I suppose the uh, forthcoming census, which I didn't realise until the other day, I think, um, that, that's up and coming in March. Uh, I guess census records, is that part of what you do? Oh, well, absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, we're not part of the census operation no, itself, no. But, the, but the census data, yes. Chris, as you can imagine, is an essential part of, of, uh, of the history records. Um, and obviously we have the census going back to when they first started. Yeah. Do you think it's become more popular with sites like yourself and organisations such as yourself here, David, because of um, TV programmes like Long Lost Family and Who Do You Think You Are? You know, all this ancestry. People have now have really taken a, a, a keen interest, probably more so since during lockdown. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think lockdown helped. But I think the television programme, some of them have been outstanding and have yeah. really raised the interest in archaeology and, and, and archives. I think, though, Chris, the interesting thing, I, I think people these days are far more mobile than they used to be in our father's days and uh, our grandfather's days. And people look for roots. They want to put down roots. And therefore, tremendous growing interest in family histories and in village histories histories of the houses they live in, history of the schools they went to, history of the organisations they work for. And it's just growing all the time. And um, this is what 
clearly our task is to try to make all this data accessible so that people can get at it online um, and, 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 and see for themselves. There's all sorts of opportunities there they can do that, can't they? They can just type in hampshirearchivestrust.co.uk and That's it's all right. there. Well, and, 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 Chris. They oh, and. Members. <laughs> <laughs> members. We, we, we um, you know, in, in terms of our, our, our finances, I mean, we, we're a totally voluntary organisation. We have no costs apart from developers for the website and things. Yes. Um, and we rely upon the income from our membership and from, uh, well, legacies as well we do get. Um, but members particularly, and uh, we would like as many people as possible to join. It's uh, £25 a year, and for that you get events, lectures, newsletters, and visits to sites which the public don't get to, which is interesting. Uh, but above all else, I mean, it's a project, it's a, it, 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 it really is a, a, you know, a lifelong project yes. uh, to, uh, to, to preserve our, our history in an age when so, so much is slipping away. It is, isn't it? It's never-ending. We can carry it on, which is nice. Uh, and some of it's living history, too, as, you know, things sort of change, uh, certainly in Portsmouth, and I guess Southampton is exactly the same. You know, things change, and, you know, the buildings disappear, and shops sadly have closed which we see much more of uh, again it's it's making history isn't it absolutely but i don't think to give you an idea of how flexible this is i mean we we have lots of we we, we have a grants program in the last couple of years we've given sixty thousand pounds in grants all over the county um sadly he says quietly not to portsmouth we're waiting for a good application for Portsmouth. So if anyone's listening, come on, Portsmouth. Got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Portsmouth. <laughs> but, but, but to give you an idea, we've we've actually supported uh, 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 producing a video of skateboarding history in uh, in Hampshire, um, and we've just uh, uh, supported a book of uh, you know the history of black people in Southampton, which goes okay. back to Tudor ages. Uh, quite amazing story yeah. which is no one ever hears of no so, and this is what um, an organization like you is all about really isn't it well it is i, I know and it, and it is being and to, to anyone who wants to become a member it's a tremendous opportunity to uh, you know, to take part in this and be responsible for saving part of this oh the other thing we're doing by the way is setting up a panel of experts so that if any if any putative historians out there who think they'd like to have a go writing some history. <laughs> no, we can put them in touch with people who can help them do it in the best possible way. Yeah, fantastic. Again, uh, the, the address, the website address, hamshirearchivestrust.co.uk and all the information is there and how to join and become part of it. That's fantastic. David, look, can we come back to you? Is that all right? We've got a bit more time uh, and have a yeah. further chat in, in future weeks. Will that be all right? We can come back to you and talk some more. I'd love to, Chris. Bless you. Really? We'll do that. We'll sort that out. I'll Whenever be in touch like. with you. Bless you. Thank David you. Livermore, thanks for coming on tonight. Good to talk to you. Look after yourself. Okay. Thank Cheers, you, Bye-bye. Bye. David Livermore, a fantastic guy there. Uh, if you want to find out more, how to become part of that and how to get involved with that as well. Chris uh, Express this week, a fun item tonight on the programme. Get an arty, yeah, arty farty if you like. And in terms of the Alta Arts Trail to raise money for Gaffer's Bush's Gospel and Fame Inshore Rescue Service. And to tell us more about that, uh, is Hebe Compton. She's on the line now. Hebe, good evening to you. Good evening. How are you, Ait? Right? 
Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Uh, not so bad. Thank you for asking. Yeah, not so bad at all. Right, uh, first of all, uh, what's inspired you to do this? Um, well, I have always loved swimming in the sea, and Gaffers is run by volunteers, and I just, they lost a lot of money from not having the New Year's swim this year due to COVID, so I thought, well, I want to be safe from swimming this summer, and they're all volunteers, so it's the least I can do. And what a good cause it is, too, because normally they have a uh, New Year's Day swim, don't they, I think? Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, with all of everything going on, it, it, it's got cancelled. Uh, so, are you a bit of an artist then, Hebe? Well, I wouldn't call myself an artist <laughs> as such, um, <laughs> but I do enjoy the good paint-by-numbers every now and then. <laughs> so, literally, what, what, how are you going to do this arts trial? Tell us about the actual trial itself. Um, so... About 56, 57 houses have signed up and they've all created their own bit of artwork to put in their windows and then people are buying maps so it tells you where all the houses are and it's all COVID safe so you walk around outside in your bubble of your house and just stop and look by the, look at each bit of artwork in each window and it takes about an hour to an hour and a half so it's all COVID safe and um, yeah, so it's just a nice way to spend your day. Yeah, absolutely. And you've really got people on board with this then? Yeah, I've had amazing response. I was originally only aiming to have about 10 to 15 houses. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's the first year, I'll start small. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we've had 50 like fifty plus houses, which is insane. It's been really great to see how involved people want to be. Well, I guess with people in lockdown, they, they're going to have something to do, haven't they? So, <laughs> and this is a good yeah. way to, you know, the, to beat the boredom, if you like, in some cases. Yeah, we've had loads of people say, oh, this is great. I've got, you know, I've got 10-year-olds, I've got kids, they'll love doing this. So it's really great that so many people have wanted to join in and have had their kids be so enthusiastic about it. So is it exactly what you're doing, painting by numbers? Is that what they're up to? <laughs> no, honestly, we haven't even used the paint by numbers. My <laughs> mum's an incredible artist, so she has made well done, up our window. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well done, mum. Yeah, absolutely. We'll say well done, mum. So um, I guess the paintings can be anything. Yeah, so they're not all paintings. We've got some people who have done, like, created scenes out of driftwood, and some people have sewn, like, um, scenes of marine animals and all sorts of things, really. Okay, so we're talking collages and things like that. Yeah, all sorts. Anything um, in the frame of art, people can do whatever they wanted. Okay. And so when's this all taking place? When's it? Is it still ongoing? How can people still get involved with it? So we've got all our houses signed up. Yep. So now from the 17th, which is Wednesday at 9am to um, the 21st, um, any time until the 21st, you can buy tickets and go along and see all the wonderful houses and all the art. Okay. And that's throughout Alverstoke and Gospel, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. And that's just in the Alverstoke area that people can have signed up to it and get involved with it and, and do their bit and raising money for charity at the same time. Uh, yeah, well, anybody in Gosport really can come and have a look, but we're just trying to keep it as local yeah. uh, for COVID reasons, obviously. Yes, yeah, sure thing. Now, the maps themselves are £7.50, is that right? Uh, yes, yeah, it is. Okay, and that's per household, so they, they pay the money, which all now goes back into the charity to support Gosport Fair Mutual Rescue Service. Yeah. Yeah, and how do they feel about it? Um, they were really great about it. So I pitched them the idea in early January, and they were so excited and they were they sent me so many lovely messages saying how happy they are and how they want me to come down to the uh lifeboat station when um all this gets a bit easier and covid's not so um prominent 
Yeah. So they've been really great about it, really enthusiastic, and it's lovely. Yeah, good stuff. So once you've got this out of the way, I mean, what, what's what's the plans of the future? More? Um, well, I've left it open so that if next year comes, when next year comes around, I can expand and change and, you know, use whichever charity I feel like next year and whichever one needs it the most. But um, I'm not really sure yet what's coming oh, next. Okay, so watch this space. Could be something else happening there. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, I mean, people want to find out more information about it. That You can go onto Facebook too. We should say that. It's on Facebook as well, yeah? Yep, it's on Facebook and the tickets are being sold at alvestokeartrail.eventbrite.co.uk. Okay, so all the details there, how to get involved and uh, uh, be a part of this. This is great fun and a new way of sort of raising money because obviously it's difficult for charities these days, as we've heard a lot on this programme, to to generate funds. Uh, So this is quite a nice way uh, to do it, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, brilliant stuff. A bit different than your normal bake sale. So. It is, yeah, and standing out in the uh, freezing cold, rattling the tin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to make sure to bring coats for this one. Yeah, too right. Hebe, look, good luck with it. Thanks for coming on tonight and telling us all about it, all right? And, uh, Thank you and so much for having it's me. It's a pleasure, and good luck with it as well. And always come back Thank to you. us if you have any sort of other uh, ideas, uh, of art ideas and, uh, and tell us all about it all right brilliant stuff Hebe. thank you very much all right you take care all right good luck with it thank you cheers bye bye Hebe Compton there uh, from gospel and uh, tell us about that uh, rather different fundraising uh, challenge if you like uh, in aid of the gospel and family mutual rescue service and if you do want to find out more about that uh, as uh, Hebe said there you can go on to the website with the info um, I'm just quickly looking for it actually <laughs> <laughs> yes, alvestokeatrail.eventbrights.co.uk is where you can find all the info there. Door again for you next week, same time, 7 soon till 9 o'clock for another roundup of what's been going on across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. So look after yourself, stay safe, and have a fabulous seven days. Okay, take care. Not out now. Thanks for listening.